Welcome to ABC, Abergavenny Baptist Church, building faith and friendship. Owen's now going to come forward and read our Bible reading to us, which is from Matthew chapter 7 and verses 1 through to 5. Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way, as you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye? when all the time there's a plank in your own eye. You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Thank you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are a God who speaks and desires to have a relationship with us. And so we pray now that you would give us ears to hear what you are saying through this Bible passage. Help us to apply it to our life. Help us to become more like Jesus, we ask. Amen. (coughs) Tony Campolo tells a story about a time when he was pastoring a very small church in a rural town many, many years ago. There was a girl in the town who had got pregnant outside of marriage. The word was out, the gossip was everywhere. So he went to visit her. She invited him in and he explained to her how God loves her, how God wants to forgive her, and how God wants to give her a new start. She responded intensely and accepted Jesus as her personal Lord and Savior, and her sadness turned to joy. Tony wasn't surprised to see her at church the following Sunday. She came the Sunday after that and the Sunday after that. But then all of a sudden she stopped coming. Tony went to go and visit her and asked her why she wasn't coming to church anymore. She said, I can't. I feel so guilty. And Tony said, but you shouldn't feel like that. Jesus has forgiven you. Jesus has forgotten. And then Tony said, I'll never forget her reply. She said, Jesus may have forgiven. Jesus may have forgotten. But those people down at your church, they haven't forgiven. They haven't forgotten. And Jesus says in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 1, Do not judge. When Jesus says that, he's saying, if you want to be my follower, then do not judge, do not condemn, do not criticize other people. Now Jesus is not saying, as some people have thought in the past, that Christians can't be a judge in a court of law. Nor is Jesus saying that as Christians we should abandon all critical faculties and not discern and distinguish between right and wrong because we need to make good value judgments in life. What Jesus is talking about 
is a judgmental attitude. Where you just merely condemn certain people. Where you judge people harshly. Where you seek out their faults and their failures. Where you like to seek faults in other people. Have you ever felt pleased when you've heard some bad news about another person? That's a wrong spirit. And closely linked with a judgmental attitude is a self-righteous attitude. Where we think we're better than other people and we look down at other people. Where we think we are superior. Where we have it right and they have it wrong. Yet all too often when we sit in judgment of other people, all we do is reveal our true character, our critical spirit, our pettiness, our insecurities. We want to knock other people down so we can look like we're building ourselves up. All too often when we judge other people, what we're really doing is seeing our faults in them and judging them in our place. And this judgmental attitude isn't only applied to our wider community, but it's often applied to our closest relationships, our close friends and family members. For familiarity often breeds contentment. Some families would be a lot healthier and happier if they would treat each other with the same respect that they treat a perfect stranger. Nevertheless, we often are very judgmental of just groups of people, certain kinds of people. In Jesus' day, it was the leper the foreigner, the sexually immoral, the the divorced and the adulterer, who were simply judged and excluded. It's not too dissimilar from us today, our society, except for the leper, of course. For there's a lot of judgment of the foreigner, the immigrant, of the person of a different race, of the sexually immoral within certain segments of our society. And this discrimination against a person simply for the kind of person they are, their identity, is so cruel and destructive. A major lesson that we learn from the Gospels is the way that Jesus treated such people. He accepted them, touched them, ate with them. You see, the kingdom of God is open to everyone, no matter what their classification. That's why Jesus says, do not judge. Why should we not judge? I mean, other than the obvious that it's not nice, and no one likes to be around a judgmental person. Why should we not judge? Jesus continues in verse 1 through to 2. 
He says, do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way as you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. To use courtroom language, if you try to occupy the bench, you'll find yourself in the dock. And you will actually be judging yourself. Because the very measure you use to judge others will be measured to you. So why shouldn't we judge others? Well, if we have a judgmental attitude towards others, then other people will be judgmental towards us. And it will only lead to an environment of judgmentalism which will never help anyone. Some people uh, feel it's their obligation to judge other people. They feel as though they have to judge other people in order to help them, to remove the speck from their eye for their benefit. But even if that is done with a degree of compassion, when we sit in judgment of anyone, it will never help. It will only lead to a counterattack. They will judge you back. Secondly, if we have a judgmental attitude towards other people, then God will judge us. When Jesus says, do not judge or you will be judged, he is most likely referring to God's judgment. The passive verb in the Greek indicates that God is the agent of the judgment. So if you judge others, then God will judge you, and he will judge you with your yardstick. In other words, if you judge someone harshly, God will judge you harshly. That's a good reason not to have an overly critical spirit and a judgmental attitude towards other people. If you judge people harshly, God will judge you harshly. But if you are generous in your judgment of others, God will be generous of his judgment of you. Thirdly, How can we have a judgmental attitude when we are not perfect? When we are not faultless? Jesus gives a very humorous illustration from a carpenter's workshop. And we read in verse 3 through to 4. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, Let me take that speck out of your eye, when all the time there is a plank in your own eye. This very humorous picture of someone trying to to remove a speck of sawdust out of someone's eye, while the whole time there's this plank in his eye. It is ludicrous to the extreme. But yet we don't find the joke so funny when it's applied to us. To the way we look at other people's faults and the way we judge others while ignoring our own faults. You see, no one is faultless. 
No one is sinless. Therefore, no one is qualified to judge. Only God is qualified to judge. Only God is completely impartial and unbiased. Only God knows all the facts. Therefore, only God is qualified to judge. We are never qualified to judge. That's why Jesus says in John chapter 8 and verse 7, the one who is without sin may cast the first stone. We just simply can't judge others and condemn others and look down on others because we are not faultless. As the saying goes, there's so much good in the worst of us and so much bad in the best of us. It makes no sense that any of us should criticize the rest of us. But is there ever a time where we can help someone with constructive criticism? Does this mean that we can never help someone by pointing out an error in their life? No. Jesus continues in verse 5. You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Jesus is not ruling out all criticism. But firstly, we need to have self-criticism. You've all heard the saying, love the sinner, but hate the sin. I think that's a good motto to live by. But this passage in verse 5 actually seems to be suggesting love the sinner and hate the sin in your own life. It's only when you acknowledge that you too are sinful and you acknowledge all your faults and your failures and that you too need forgiveness that you'll ever be in a position to try and help someone else with their fault. This totally removes any self-righteousness or superiority, but rather develops a very humble disposition. Secondly, when we are getting the plank out of our own eye, that doesn't mean that when you've sorted your sin out, you can go and condemn other people even better, so to speak. Now that I've sorted my sin out, I'm really going to get them. No. Taking the plank out of your own eye means getting rid of that judgmental attitude and having a humble spirit. I mean, how does Jesus know that all people who are judgmental have a plank in their eye? Unless, of course, the plank is a judgmental attitude. 
You see, it's our judgmental attitude, it's our self-righteousness that blinds us from seeing the other person for who they really are. It's our judgmentalism and our self-righteousness that prevents us from being able to actually help them. It's only once we get rid of a condemning spirit in our whole life, it's only once we get rid of all judgmentalism and self-righteousness that we'll ever be able to see clearly to be able to help someone else remove the speck from their eye. And of course, it's only when you have done that will anyone ever be able to listen to you. They'll only be able to accept your help, your, your constructive criticism, if they know that you are not condemning them, you're not judging them, you're not criticizing them, but rather you are loving them humbly. Thirdly, this leads to my third point. Thirdly, our motivation for helping someone needs to be love and a real desire to help them. We need to want to remove the speck from their eye because we love them, we care for them, and we want to help them, not help ourselves. Jesus was able to give constructive criticism to the woman who was caught in adultery in John chapter 8. Go and sin no more. Only because he first demonstrated his love for her by not condemning her and by preventing others from condemning her. Only because he demonstrated that love did he have the right to speak to her. And only because of his love was she responsive to what he had to say. If we want to help someone with constructive criticism. We need to be motivated by love and a real desire to help them, not ourselves. So the next time you are confronted with a person who you find really difficult, who you instinctively want to judge, stop. And take a look at yourself. Are you sin-free? Are you truly loving them? Have you removed the plank from your eye? If you have removed the plank, in other words, firstly, you've come to acknowledge your own faults and failures. Two, that you have removed any condemning and judgmental spirit from your life. And three, that you are motivated only by love and a desire to see the best in them. Then you'll be able to give them constructive criticism in a generous way. Just as you would want them to give you constructive criticism. Jesus goes on in, in verse 12 of that same chapter. He says, so in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. In other words, 
Be generous in your judgment of others, just as you would want them to be generous in their judgment of you. For the way we judge others is the way we will be judged. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we confess that so often it's easy to fall into judgments and become judgmental. It's so easy to climb up onto our high horse and think we're superior, think we know better, and to look down on others. Heavenly Father, this morning we come before you and we ask, won't you forgive us? Won't you, by your Holy Spirit, remove from us a judgmental spirit? Won't you remove that plank from our eye, take away that condemning attitude, and fill us by your Holy Spirit with your love and grace and acceptance. Help us to love others and to hate the sin in our own life. Father, we need your help. Won't you empower us by your Holy Spirit to be a person who does not judge. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen.